Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix. I'm Ki Reese. And I'm Laura Brodnick. Well, it's Friday, which means it's Weekend Watch, and I cannot wait to talk about the brand new series that I'm recommending. And Laura is very excited about your series. What would you call it? Like sci-fi? No, it's not sci-fi. It's high fantasy. They're two very different genres. I rarely get to be my geeky self on this podcast. I have to keep that hidden away. Every so often, my true side comes out. Huns, we're not hiding ourselves. This is a place to shine. Let your freak flag fly. You've seen my true geeky side. It's too much for the workplace. That's an at-home thing. But today we'll get a little taste. Well, before we jump into that little freaky deaky show, we've got to get through these entertainment news headlines of the day. I have news. What's the hot gas? I want more headlines. Well, the first trailer for the upcoming series Pam and Tommy has been released. The series, which stars Lily James and Sebastian Stan, is based on the real-life 90s scandal of then-Baywatch star Pamela Anderson and her husband at the time, Motley Crue drummer Tommy Lee, and their stolen private sex tape that went on to become the first ever celeb sex tape. Let's have a listen to the audio. Who's this guy? That's Tommy Lee's drummer from Motley Crue. Where did you get this? Just, just keep going forward. Holy shit, that's Pamela Anderson. Yeah. Go back. Whoa. Go back. Play, play, play. God damn. It's so private. It's like we're seeing something we're not supposed to be seeing. Which is kind of what makes it so hard. If this thing ever got out. Every second that passes, this tape could be spreading. Baby, we will get it back. It's not a big deal to me. I'm on that tape, same as you. No, not like me, I know. So the release of this trailer has had quite an intense reaction and sparked a lot of conversation with some people saying that even though it's being positioned as this comedic limited series, it reads as quite offensive and a lot of people are questioning why it's even being made considering the details about how everything went down and how the video was even acquired. 
Because I remember when the series was first announced, we did a big deep dive on this as the original celebrity sex tape scandal and how the worker was at their house and then he tried to get them to pay and then Tommy fired a shotgun at him and he came back and stole something that happened to have the sex tape in it. So it was just this wild series of events that led to it being sold and uploaded to the internet and had this intense effect across both their careers, probably more so Pamela Anderson, of course, who was ridiculed for being in this video. And I think when this trailer came out, yeah, there has been a pretty bad reaction to it. It's hard because it is just meant to be this kind of raucous comedy about a Seth Rogen character heisting a sex tape from a famous couple. But it is the fact that it's built on a true story that people are really getting antsy about. But I don't know. It's meant to be a comedy. I'm in two minds about it because I do understand why they've done it. Like it's a really good opportunity to cash in on the hysteria and frenzy that was surrounded this in the 90s and to also introduce it to a new generation of people that perhaps have not heard the story but, you know, know who these people are. But at the same time, it feels really odd because at the beginning of the trailer, it says that it comes from the same director as I, Tonya, mm. which was that brilliant movie that Margot Robbie starred in, her production company did, about the Tonya Harding, Nancy Kerrigan scandal and ice skating at the Olympics whole thing. The difference there is, is that like Margot Robbie was fully attached to this project. She produced it, she starred in it, and it was made from memory with the consent and also help of both of the stars. Yes, they spent time with both of them. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like it was made with their lens. But to me, Seth Rogen's kind of the name that's jumping out as like the lead producer on this. And in no way has Pamela Anderson consented to the story being told, nor has she been asked to give her two cents on it. So I almost feel that it's like another example of a woman's, you know, story being told without her permission. After those kind of first look images came out and the synopsis of what the show was going to be about came out, I don't think Pamela Anderson has directly given too much context around it, but a few of her friends came out and went on the record and said that she's absolutely devastated and so angry that this is happening, which takes the fun out of watching it. And the thing is they can't even sidestep it and say, oh, it's just very loosely based on a true story, but we've got different characters and different plot lines. Like they're literally remaking it moment for moment out of what happened. There's no way around the fact that Lily James and Sebastian Stan, who are playing Pamela and Tommy, don't look completely identical. Actually, watching this trailer, did you find it completely mind-blowing how they have completely re-sculptured her face to make her look exactly like Pamela Anderson did during that time. So there's no way to get around the fact that they're completely retelling that story and it doesn't feel like that much creative license has been taken. And again, that issue with the fact that the negative effect it really had on Pamela Anderson's career in contrast to Tommy Lee, you know, like Pamela's close friend, Courtney Love, commented on the series when it was announced back in May in a Twitter post that's been deleted. And she said, I find this so fucking outrageous. She said, at the time, all the staff, engineers, producers, owners were watching the sex tape with huge Stradenfreude and guffaws. It was disgusting. I banned anyone from discussing it. It destroyed my friend Pamela's life utterly. Whereas Tommy Lee was quite famously celebrated it. Like he was told that he was the man and it really fed in to this like persona of him being this like crazy rock star. So 
again, it just has this like weird unease for me, especially because it was stolen. And we focus so much now on images of women being stolen without their consent and nudes being leaked and all that kind of stuff. And we've really gone hard on that and said like, this isn't fair, like women should be able to have the rights to images of themselves and things like this. But it feels like there's just no regard for the story being told. They've just pushed ahead and said, no, we're just going to do it anyway. The behind the scenes story is completely wild. And I guess when this comes out, there's no way around the fact that everyone will be watching and talking about it. So this week has weirdly turned into the week of celebrity breakup. So we've had news that Kaya Gerber and Jacob Elordi have reportedly split after a year together. And today news also broke that Hugh Sheridan has very sadly broken up with his fiance, Kurt Roberts. But there's also one celebrity split that took place this week that has left people a little shocked because it's one that everyone just always thought was a massive publicity stunt, but then it just kept going and going and going. And the couple we're talking about, of course, is Camila Cabello and Sean Mendes, who announced their split this week. Key, were you shocked? It's one of those ones like I was shocked, but then I was also not shocked at the same time. But I actually did find myself quite sad because I really thought that they were going to make it, you know? (laughs) (laughs) You thought if anyone's going to make it, it's these crazy kids. We'll get into that. So a little timeline of their relationship because there's been so much talk around them for like the last, not a decade, but pretty close to that. There's been a lot of talk around their friendship and then their music together and then their relationship. And so they've always been in the public eye. And for a while there, I feel like they were the original Courtney and Travis in terms of their public PDA and people just feeling like they were about to have sex in public at any moment. So kicking it all the way back to July 2014. That's when they met. They were both opening acts for Austin Mahone's tour where they're very much like, no one spoke to us and so we had to make friends with each other and sit in our trailers and write songs together. It's all very cute. And then in 2017, so quite a few years later, they posted a video of themselves covering Ed Sheeran's song Kiss Me and everyone's like, what's going on here? And then June 2019 is where things really heated up because they dropped their song together, Senorita. Like, do you remember that song. Love that song. Great song. And that's when all the relationship speculation really started anew because the video clip, very sexy. Every time they performed it on stage, very sexy. And the lyrics to the songs were, you say we're just friends, but friends don't know the way you taste. Gross. Yeah, not here for that level of sexiness. And then it kind of all came to a head because then they became this huge paparazzi target where everyone wanted the money shot of if they're together or were they just looking like they were making out on stage to promote their song. But they were spotted holding hands in Hollywood together and then they were caught kissing by TMZ, who was always all over these celebrity couples. And then it all became official in August 2019. I feel like I'm giving a really important history lesson here. When Sean Mendes turned 21, so he's just a baby at this stage, and there were photos of him making out with Camilla at his birthday party and then she kind of made it official by posting to Instagram and saying happy birthday to this magic human I love you and then like a vomit of love hearts after that she every time they got asked in interviews to talk about each other they had to push back against the fact that everyone's like this is a PR relationship you literally released a song together you both had albums to promote and you're only you know fueling this speculation to get more media headlines like there was no way around it so they kept getting asked that in interviews Camilla gave one to Elle I remember where she said people can say whatever they want they can speculate but at the same time we're going to live our lives and fall for each other like nobody's watching and then just after 
after that, Sean was like chased through the airport by TMZ where they wanted him to confirm if it was a setup relationship. And he was like, it's definitely not a publicity stunt. We're in love. And then came the fish video. We saw like on Twitter and stuff, you guys saying stuff about the way we were kissing and how it looks weird. Like we kiss like fish. Yeah. And um, really hurt our feelings. We just want to show you how we really kiss. Yeah. Okay, we just rewatched it. Worse than I remember. I remember it being a lot more tame than that. They're just having fun. Like their whole relationship, they were just taking the piss. I quite liked it. I thought they were quite funny. I don't think that's how they actually kiss. I know it was just for the camera, but there's just no sexy way to have a guy's tongue just like lathered all over your face like a dog. That's what was happening there. The thing that bothers me about this, right, is like, It's clear that the only reason people thought that this was a publicity stunt was because people have always questioned his sexuality. And that's what makes me feel really uncomfortable about it is like no one thought that he was straight. How could he be straight? They were just like obviously they're kind of banding together. She needs the publicity having just left girl group Fifth Harmony. He needed her to straighten him out, whatever that means. So I think that that part of it always really bothered me. My thing was I just thought that they were like too young and too into each other. Like it felt like it was all going to crash at some point. But then I was having weird feelings when they were together at the Met. I'm just going to say it. Yeah, well, that's when this whole thing came out and the speculation around his sexuality. You're right, which is a really gross overtone. I mean, I love a fun conversation about a celebrity PR romance as Always. much as a person. But I think when we start speculating that sort of stuff, it goes off the rails. So yesterday they posted their breakup message, which was, hey, guys, we've decided to end our romantic relationship, but our love for one another as humans is stronger than ever. Everyone's reaction was just like, I knew it. I knew from that Met Gala video that he was gay. And what they're talking about is, Obviously, they both went to the Met Gala that was held a few months ago and Vogue did this, like, let's get ready with them video. So they stayed with them during the day as they got their hair and makeup done, as they got their outfits done. And there's a section from the video where Camilla comes out in her outfit, which it was like a long sparkly purple skirt and like a sparkly purple crop top and she had like a long hair out. And he walked in and saw her for the first time and he's like, oh, it's giving me Cher. And everyone was like, well, there you go. That's the proof. A straight man, even a straight man who's a musician and in the arts and would clearly have knowledge of like pop culture and Hollywood. Everyone was like, well, that's a sign. He's definitely gay. And now in the next couple of months, they're going to break up because the sham is over. And so when this statement came out yesterday, it was just a really gross reaction where everyone was just like, we knew it. He's definitely gay. Yeah. Also for me, it was like they, as a couple, worked together with designer Michael Kors. Who knows what his references were? I think Michael Kors dressed a lot of people at that Met Gala because it was a celebration of American fashion. And he said that there were a lot of nods to share. So I don't even think that that was necessarily his original thought. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think he probably just picked it up and he was like regurgitating it, thinking it was like this cool, funny thing, but people just like wanted to grab onto that. I was more like when I saw their interview, I think they were being interviewed by Kiki Palmer on the red carpet at the Met Gala, and they just didn't seem as loved up as they used to. Let's speculate to the cows come home about whether people are being set up by their managers for clout. That's free reign. No speculation around sexuality. Whatever's happening with those two crazy kids, I hope they're okay. I finished my work week on my couch, ordered some food. It's time for Week and Watch. Our recommendations of what to watch this weekend. 
All right, we can watch. I'm up first because I can no longer hold this in anymore. It is The Sex Lives of College Girls out on Binge. It came out yesterday. It's the much-anticipated new series from actor and writer Mindy Kaling, and she co-created it with Justin Noble. So there's 10 episodes all together, and basically it's about these four college roommates who wouldn't necessarily have been friends otherwise but get thrown together in this room for their first year at college and at this very prestigious American college. So there's Kimberly, who's played by Pauline Chalamet. Yes, as in the older sister of Timothée. Okay, huge, huge news. She plays this character that comes from a very small, very white town and has dreams of being a Supreme Court judge. There's Bella, who's played by Amrit Kaur. She's first-generation Indian-American and has her heart set on being a comedy writer for SNL. So there's definitely a little bit of Mindy Kaling's own story kind of playing into her character. Layton, played by Renee Rapp, who's this wealthy Upper East Sider from New York. She's something like third or fourth-generation alumni to the school. There's even a library that's named after their family. She's a surefire to get into Kappa sorority, but there's a little secret that she's keeping from everyone. And then finally, Whitney, who's played by Aaliyah Chanel Scott, who's the daughter of this US senator who's a gun at soccer and has dreams of playing professionally. So all of these young women come to college with purpose and passion and strong voices. And this is something that Mindy Kaling said was super intentional. So the whole series was inspired by the big fratty comedies that she watched in her childhood. But the ones that she watched growing up, the girls were just kind of these like hot props to the goofy guy heroes. And she wanted these lead characters to be really smart, ambitious, but also troubled and searching for themselves and also a lot of sex, hence the name of the show. So why you should watch it, it's just really funny. Whip smart comedy. It's super sex positive. It's filmed with all of the nostalgia that you get out of a coming of age show. And not to mention the diversity and inclusiveness. So all of the leads that I just mentioned, there's a black character, a Southeast Asian character, and then two white characters. There's also huge LGBTQIA plus representation and YouTuber and disability advocate Lolo Spencer stars as well. So they've really made it a real like assortment of great characters and representation. So the first two eps are out, available now to stream on Binge. That sounds so good. It's definitely on my watch list for this weekend. I've carved out a little Saturday spot for it. Okay, give me your fantasy freaky show. Okay, it's not that freaky. So my weekend watch recommendation is The Wheel of Time, which premieres on Amazon Prime Video today. So The Wheel of Time is one of the biggest fantasy book series of all time, one of the biggest bestsellers. I have read all of them. They're amazing. And now they've turned it into this TV show. So basically it's set in this epic world where magic exists, but only certain women can access the magic. And the story follows Marie who is played by Roseman Pike, who is a member of this like incredibly powerful all-female organization called the Aes Sedai. And she arrives in this small town of Two Rivers where she's looking for these young men and women who, and stay with me here, one of them is prophesied to be the dragon reborn who is either going to save humanity or destroy it. So she arrives in this town just as they're being attacked brutally by these things called trollocs, which are big monster things. And she has to take this young group of, I mean, they're in like early 20s, late teens on this kind of quest to save them. It's just really visually stunning. It's got an amazing cast. The stakes are very high. If you love fantasy, you'll love this. It's also a little bit sexy. 
along with Rosamund Pike, it also stars Madeline Madden. She's like a really amazing Australian actress. You'd probably know her face. She was like in the Picnic at Hanging Rock remake. She was in the Dora the Explorer movie. She was in the Netflix series Tidelands. And she has a big lead role in this, which is really exciting to see an Indigenous actress in this big high stakes fantasy series. The first three episodes of season one are going to premiere today and then new episodes will drop every Friday. And even if you're not a fan of like really high fantasy, I think just like the suspense of it and the characters, everything will pull you in. It is a little slow to start. Even I thought that being a fan of the book, so they take so much time setting it up before the action starts. But once the action starts, it really gets into it. So Wheel of Time on Amazon Prime Video, watch it. Well, thank you so much for listening to The Spill today. Remember to follow us so you never miss an episode and go and leave us a review if you haven't already. If you've been a long-time listener, that's three years that you haven't left us a review. guilt trip. (laughs) Just a little one. And if you're looking to listen to something a little bit different, The Undone. It's Mamma Mia's podcast exploring everything from dating to friendship to social issues to sex. This week, hosts Em and Lucy, who have co-hosted The Spill in the past, They talk about Kendall Jenner's controversial wedding outfit and when it's definitely not okay to upstage a bestie. Take a listen. It's not a conversation about the dress being inappropriate. It's a conversation about upstaging your friends because everyone's talking about Kendall on Lauren's wedding. I feel like if you're inviting Kendall Jenner to your wedding, then that's what you have to expect. Whereas if you invite Taylor Swift to your wedding, that's what you would expect. So if you were friends with Kendall Jenner, would you not invite her to your wedding of fear of upstaging? I wouldn't be friends with Kendall Jenner. That's the problem. We have to attack the problem at the source. Yeah, but you're absorbing a lot of the responsibility yourself, being like, I just wouldn't invite her. If that's your friend, it's on them. But you have to accept the fact that you're friends with a person who would do that to you. This episode of The Spill was produced by Loznik and Madeline Joanu with audio production by Leah Porges. We'll see you at mamamia.com.au. Bye. Bye. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.